listening to a very Dradcast Christmas special. We got a gang of cool people. You're going to love it. Sit tight. Here we go. This special Christmas episode is brought to you by Pagely, the original WordPress managed host. If you're looking for the the best, the biggest, the brightest, check out Pagely.com. Get ready for the Dradcast. Your favorite nerds. Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of soft drink? Sit back and chill. Because the Dradcast starts now. Does indeed. It's a special Christmas episode of the Dradcast. Dre, my brother. How's hey, it bro. Going? I'm sitting here with some clean audio from a satellite studio owned by Post Status. It's the shit. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm excited for today. How you doing, dude? Uh, I am. I am good. I'm very excited too. So this is our first uh, Christmas episode. We got a we got a gang of cool hosts, which we'll get to in just a minute. But I mean, right? Am I right? It wouldn't be Christmas without some sleigh bells. I got some pretty silly, fun stuff queued up. Um, Trey's going to hate me by the end of this show. He loves my nope. sound clips. No different than before the episode, but yes, <laughs> pro- probably true. Oh, man. Let's let's get right into it, Dre. Like I said, we got Yeah, let's rock and roll, baby. Let's rock and roll. So, oh, man. the, the I think introing is going to take about half the show, but let's dive in. We got a gang of people. We'll start first with Mr. Matt Medeiros, the founder of Slocum Studio host of the Matt Report, where it's pretty much the only podcast dedicated to talking about Tom Brady and how amazing he is 24-7. Bullshit! If you haven't heard it, but uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me back, fellas. It's always a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to get this thing rolling. Yes, it is. We just saw you and a few of the other hosts um, at WordCamp US, so I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. But sure. let's keep it moving. We also have Carrie Dills, uh, Linda instructor. She's a team lead and developer of her crowd favorite, and she hosts her own podcast as well called Office Hours, where she spends a lot of time justifying why Genesis is the greatest band of our generation. Ew. And now that I say that, I think my <laughs> notes might be slightly off. But uh, it's something to, you, know, you talk about Genesis a little bit over there, right, Carrie? A wee bit. A wee bit. If you guys bit, haven't right? noticed, we have a theme today. We have podcast hosts hosting. So this is going to be pretty awesome. Dre and I really aren't going to do anything. We're just going to sit back. Uh, again, it's it's well, it's at it, par for the course, really. Yes. So uh, here we go. Excited to have you back on the show as work. Well, Carrie, moving on, we also have a Mr. Jason Tucker. He is uh, the host of the WP Water Cooler podcast, which is basically like the Seinfeld of WordPress podcast, right? That's correct. I mean, pretty much. That's exactly right? it. That's exactly it. So that the new tagline. No, it's probably. <laughs> And Jay said the only one that we have not actually had on the show yet, which I'm not entirely sure how that happened, but I'm very excited to finally have you on an episode. Thank of you very much. Uh, next up, we have uh, a Mr. This, this guy might sound a little familiar, Mr. Brian Krogsgaard, who we actually just had on uh, a, a couple episodes ago. He's the creator of Post Status, basically running a whole Post Status empire, podcasting videos, awesome content. Brian, welcome back to the show. It's been it's been a few weeks since we chatted. <laughs> uh, two. Hey, uh, I, I really appreciate all the sound system stuff that you hooked up over here, so I can po- podcast like a like a boss, bro. Yes, That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Brian and I, I needed yeah. to I needed to help Brad keep the sound effects. <laughs> Had to, man. We couldn't lose the sound effects. Brian and I helped get this new setup in place, and by all and large, it's been working pretty well. Uh, Dre might say too much because I have way too many things queued up, but uh, 
<laughs> oh, man. The fans yeah. love it. <laughs> and finally, we have the grand old man of the WordPress podcast world, founder of WP Tavern, founder of the WordPress Weekly Podcast, I'm Mr. Jeff Rowe Chandler. Jeff Rowe, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, fellas. Pleasure to be here yes, on sir. my 32nd birthday, so the old man, I guess, does apply. Yes, sir. Happy young birthday. Spending your birthday with all of us. That's, uh, I, that's, that's special, man. I'm touched. You, oh, you what can I say? You're not even shaving yet. I mean, this is... Uh, yeah, I'm still working on it. Still haven't reached that age yet. I even queued up a little song for Jeff Rowe here, so let's give this one. Oh, great. You're a mean one. Wow. <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Uh, you really are a heel. Oh, Jeff, you're such a heel. You know, it wouldn't be a Christmas episode of the Dragcast if we didn't have our Grinch. So we got Jeff. Are you licensed to use that sound clip, or am I going to have to bring a lawsuit against the oh, oh, We're oh, definitely going to get calm down. for this episode. Shit just got real. I figure that thing's from like 19, I don't know, 07. I don't, it's pretty old. Hopefully not. So Surely it's public domain by now. Public domain. It's definitely older than 32. We're going to go with that, or we're going to have to blank out about half the show. Later. <laughs> <laughs> we may not transcribe this episode. So, Yes, super excited to have you all on the show. Thanks for coming. we got a packed house. This is actually the first... Um, Dradcast, where we've done kind of a panel the first time. Um, first time we've had more than one host on, right, Dre? Dude, it is a Dradcast first, my friend. Oh, man. If only I had that sound effect queued up <laughs> so we could say it was a Dradcast first. Dradcast first. In fact, right. we talked about it for a long time, and, and over the last couple of years, we said, now, how, how can we get this show into a place where we can have multiple awesome people that are smarter than us on the show? Because maybe we'll get more than two listeners, right? Like April on your end and my mother on, on my end. Um, finally, we're here. We, we changed the show and the format over the last um, um, season, which started about uh, what, three, four weeks ago. And I'm super excited to have this bunch be the first uh, panel uh, on the show because they are podcasters that i know i look up to and i've learned a lot from over the last uh few years podcasting so it's exciting to have them here for the holiday so thank you uh guys and gals for being here good to be here thank you yeah. well, exciting. this is it, um it's a it's a game changer in the dreadcast world we're pretty excited about it um so let's let's get into it Dre. stand by pressing topics of the week thought about how we want to do the show and some things we want to talk about i think the the obvious approach is we have so many uh people that love to chat and love to chat about wordpress and the technology around wordpress and the growth and new things that are happening is to kind of you know really look at the bigger topics of the year the ones that really stood out for us um the ones we probably all talked about in our own respective uh shows or or uh, uh, sites uh, and blogs um and i think some probably stand out more than others maybe maybe different we have different opinions on what some of the big ones were but um let's throw it out there i mean who wants to kick it off with what they you know what's a really big talk but that stood out that uh this year on, on top of your list Matt, I, yeah i could tell you're itching to say something what is it <laughs> you, what's, your, I, what's look, your big topic listen i'm just gonna go right off the right off the uh, immaculate notes that you guys have uh <laughs> ready for is to, one way to, to describe go, them to go here and it, we're gonna go with calypso right and the whole uh application 
uh, you know, a native application that they've released uh, not only for WordPress.com, but something that we're going to see hopefully for hosted WordPress, uh, you know, on a standalone basis. And the whole movement to JavaScript, right? I mean, obviously the show was not going to start anywhere else except for this whole JavaScript movement that uh, we are, we were told by our fearless leader to fully adopt, uh, fully learn, uh, and really uh, embrace uh, in these coming years for WordPress. So, I mean, that's the biggest one for, for the year, I think. I think to note there in JavaScript. Yeah, well, and it's it's that hey, our fearless leader got on stage looking like a presidential candidate. He'd probably do better than half the, the folks up there actually not go running for the nomination. But I, I he's when not you old look enough at, still. Yeah, well, here we go. Yeah, it, geez, he's <laughs> he's he's still younger than Jeffro over here. So that, that, there's that. Um, when I look at it, it's bigger than just WordPress, right? This is uh, hey guys, gals, this is coming. JavaScript's here to stay. It's going to be a huge part of WordPress, but it's bigger than that, right? It's it's across the web. It's something that I think is going to continue to shape the way we we interact and work with uh, on the internet for years to come. Yeah, and I, and I think you've already seen some of the other CMS leaders in the in the space, uh, like Therese from Drupal, started to uh, mull over, no pun intended, some of the Ooh, headless that was awful <laughs> headless CMS uh, uh, Mullenberg. So that's that's pretty amazing as well. That's a Mullenberg reference, wasn't it? Yeah. You guys, do you guys, are you guys shocked that it didn't come sooner? Because I can remember the last, at least two state of the words from Matt. Um, there was mention around this, like vague details of JavaScript's the future. Um, you know, pay attention to JavaScript, the APIs, this and that. And and to me, like we all knew something was coming. I don't think there's any doubt there. Um, to me, I'm a little surprised it didn't come sooner. It was, is anyone else kind of did anyone else think that, or was that just me? Well, I, I think uh, it, it goes back to sort of 2010, 2011. That's when I first started noticing Matt really harping on, you know, we got to start learning JavaScript. And I think, and that's when the uh, I wrote an article about it at the time where something to the effect of 90% of WordPress development in the future could be JavaScript-based instead of PHP. doesn't mean PHP is going to go away, but most of the development that's going to take place on core is going to be JavaScript-based. And here we are a few years later after that fact, and now we learn for the first time, you know, in the state of the words that I've been watching over the past couple of years, you sort of get an indication as to the things that the WordPress project has accomplished and you sort of get a vague idea as to where the project is heading. And in the 2015 one, you finally got a concrete direction in terms of where WordPress is heading. And that is JavaScript interfaces with the PHP endpoints via the REST API, and which also happens to be the same direction that Matt believes the entire web is moving in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it could have came earlier, but then again, um, timing seems to be something of a skill that Matt has, and maybe now is the right time for him to make this kind of announcement. Yeah, I'm curious on the, also on the, the, the training side of things, Carrie, you do a lot of stuff kind of in the training realm over the, over the past few years is the demand for JavaScript kind of, you know, showing its head in, in, in places around the training, or is it just now with this last day of this word, with Calypso being released, is it just now like people are like, oh yeah, like obviously I should have been doing this years ago, or have people started preparing a little bit? Uh, I mean, I think it was already sort of making a comeback, but it's been the really unpopular programming kid for a long time. <laughs> yes, and yes. uh, <laughs> and then of course since the state of the word, uh, seeing all all sorts of interesting things come up, uh, most notably Zach Gordon, who was. Uh, mm-hmm. not presumably not going to be doing WordPress classes with Treehouse uh, is looking at rolling out some JavaScript training 
in direct uh, response to what what Matt said. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm going to be learning JavaScript deeply. I register javascriptdeeply.com as an investment property. Yeah. <laughs> oh of, of course you did. You did that in the audience during the um, Day of the Word, didn't you? No, I just did it the other day. I was surprised it was available. I just did it for fun. Um, you were surprised it was available? JavaScript deeply. I don't <laughs> I want to tell you what Javis- that sounds like. JavaScript shallowly right now. <laughs> uh, uh, I think actually JavaScript's been a big deal in WordPress for a while. Um but in WordPress, it was more backbone stuff, like the media right. items that went in and what, 3.5, something like that. The customizer, that's kind of a role, custom rolled framework, I guess. Um, but Calypso is mostly built on React, which wasn't released until mid-2013 anyway. Um, so they've been building, they had been building Calypso for pretty much the full public life of React. Um so they were pretty bleeding edge as far as developing with uh, someone else's framework. So um, it's pretty early adoption, really, to use something like that. But I do think that React will be a bigger deal with uh, WordPress code and uh, may end up in a lot of core WordPress stuff sooner or later as well. Yeah, I wonder if that will change the direction of WordPress because, like you said, Backbone's been kind of the the one everyone's pointed to because it's in WordPress core. It's using the admin um, so when you're learning JavaScript and you do WordPress, it just kind of makes sense. Like you would stick with what WordPress uses in some instances, right? Mm-hmm. But now with React kind of being a focus, um, it, it does make you question. Honestly, there's a little bit of muddied waters here because there's a lot of different kind of libraries and frameworks in the JavaScript world. And when, you know, someone says learn JavaScript deeply, you know, where the hell do you start? You know, like, because you don't, don't want to pick, you know, whatever HD DVD over Blu-ray. You know what I mean? You want to pick whatever is going to last and what people are going to use. Which, if you look at all the libraries, they all come back to one foundation. That's JavaScript, the language itself. That's what people should be learning. Not, they shouldn't be yep. tied to any specific library. They should learn JavaScript itself to give them the foundational elements that will help them in whatever library they choose to use. That is a very good point. Um, and I think it can be very easy to get um, focused on these framework and these libraries versus actually understanding the technology. I mean, it's kind of like being a developer for WordPress, but not truly understanding like PHP, right? It's like, oh, I develop for WordPress, but you have to learn PHP to understand WordPress if you're going to actually be a true developer, right? It's almost like you're jumping the gun, maybe maybe even a little bit diving into a framework versus learning JavaScript from the ground up and then looking at a framework or a library to assist. Is this the first time a dot-com uh, inspired project has, is really going to shift the way the dot-org community develops WordPress? Like, is this the biggest impact that we've seen come from dot-com to dot-org versus the other way around, like open innovation pushing to dot-com? Uh, do you think this is the biggest, like, splash that's ever happened coming from the top? Publicly? Yeah, I would, I would argue, yeah, absolutely. This is the one with the most, like, I think uh, – uh, touch feel to it, right? The most open marketing around it and advertising to it. I think it's it's spun up a lot of discussion. Biggest impact? I think that's still uh, uh, you know something that we'll, we'll we'll find out down the road. Uh, it sure seems to have that trajectory. Uh, but I mean, you look at Jetpack and some of the things that that we've seen in the past. I mean, there's been there's been some huge impacts to a lot of people, a lot of websites uh, from uh, from the dot com over the years. Uh, but I think only time will tell. Yeah, I feel like with the whole Jetpack comparison, there's a lot of developers who are like, well, that's great. It's another plugin. We're not going to use it. We're going to do our own thing. This is like 
I feel like this is much more of a, a, a movement shift, a definite, a definite movement shift. Uh, I can to, see that. I don't think it necessarily means that everything that's in Calypso will go to .org, but I think the the stack that uh, Automatic chose to build Calypso is definitely going to influence what people choose to do things with for WordPress.org-based stuff. Definitely, yeah. which will yeah. touch, at least for now, 25% of the internet, right, or, or right. potentially. So that, that's a big deal for sure. Yeah, I, right. I definitely agree. I mean, in my opinion, this is kind of that first big game changer. I think it also validates, too. Like, we, you know, everyone knew the REST API was coming. We knew the REST API would be a big deal, which we haven't talked about too much yet. But this kind of shows, like, there is a new vertical here. And not only is you know, Automax going all in in this vertical, and they're basically saying, no, this is absolutely the way to go. We've invested however many thousands of man hours into this project we're releasing it you know this is why it kind of validates like yeah there's a market here and it's it's completely wide open right now it is the 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 beginning of a huge vertical i think we're going to see and we'll get into predictions well i won't i don't want to get too far down predictions yet we'll get to that but um yeah i i totally agree i think we've seen smaller stuff in the past from the dot com over to dot org um i i mean personally little features here and there that don't make a lot of sense to me that have ended up in .org and i think solely because it's a .com play or we're competing with some other competitor that we really shouldn't be or shouldn't care about um but yeah for me absolutely but you know well the .com's been doing that for well automatic in general right i mean they, they, i think this was a big year for them even look at um how they've um interacted with e-commerce and and kind of driving that whole piece uh, with uh, the WooCommerce um, uh, Woo Themes uh, acquisition this year, I think I think we've got something queued up for that one, Brad. Mergers and acquisitions. We are the most professional show. I don't I, I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> oh, this just keeps going apparently. How long has that thing been sitting in the can? That's what I want to know. Forever. Gosh, I wanted to. I've been wanting. To, I, I got so excited. I called my old oh, segment. Shit. This is terrible. You know, but, like you talk so, about mergers and acquisitions every freaking show until you pay to have a bumper made, and then you never talk about it again. <laughs> oh no, my goodness, that was a big deal, though. I, th- I think, and, and we're just seeing the beginning of that, right? I think that over the next couple of years, we're going to see how that um, how that's really going to influence things in the WordPress space and how e-commerce is used overall. I mean. Did anyone What's... see this one coming? This is the one that that completely shocked me. I did not see this coming. I did not see it coming. Surprise to me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no one really had any. Yeah, I, I think that's probably. The, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for Crosgard to say, "Yeah, I knew about it years in advance." I had an exclusive. <laughs> I, I helped. I helped work the language up in the damn contract. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> if I said I saw it coming, would you believe me anyway? Nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I just want to add that, you know, uh, I I really felt like out of any of the product companies, WooCommerce would have been the real sort of unicorn, as it's known in the startup space, to really go far. I'm not saying that this is not a, a good thing for them. Uh, I think it's a great thing for .com and all of us, really, I think, as that pr- platform matures. But as somebody who likes to talk about WordPress business, I was really hoping that, that WooCommerce would be the first public WordPress product company ever um so i don't think we'll see that so that was sort of a little disappointing to, her, to for me anyway but uh, uh you 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 may still see that but more as an internal organization to automatic when they ipo right but right. that's why it's a bummer because you uh i agree with you matt because i mean they were really the first big company 
or the first company that had the potential to be big in real world terms, not just WordPress terms. Like thirty people isn't isn't big, but three hundred's pretty big. And you know, I don't know. Someday you talk about tens and t- tens upon tens of millions of dollars. I don't know. I don't know what kind of revenue goals you're talking about, but you know, something to compete with Shopify and things like that. That would have been a big deal to be a company that's not automatic or Envato. Um, and I think we're actually um, a little ways away to have another company that's really set up to to do something like that. Right. I to me the WooCommerce play makes complete sense. I think the themes make no sense, um, and I would not be surprised if they either release those for free, kill them off, do something. Um, yeah, I mean, we've known we've we know, we've known for years that the theme business has been losing WooThemes money for the longest time. Yeah, and they have you know the premium theme side of the house on .com and their own team that supports that. So I could see maybe those transitioning over to that, and then they scrap it. But I think the real play here was the commerce piece. Oh yeah, um, I mean, it was a tiny segment of Woo's business for the theme stuff, and now really their themes that they focus on are those that highlight their e-commerce so come on, those will be available on on dot com and then they'll be released well they've well, this woo themes have been available on dot com ever since uh that was a, a thing in 2011 so they have a few of them right i don't i don't think it's all of them is it just a handful i don't know i mean they're retiring a lot of themes but they yeah. it's so top heavy with like canvas and canvas child themes and then storefront storefronts like four or five hundred thousand installs now or something crazy yeah. like that well know. hey congratulations to them moving the uh wordpress wag store off a of hello merch to woocommerce yeah, <laughs> we're actually using uh, wordpress to ever... sell wordpress gear amazing yeah <laughs> that's amazing it makes perfect sense though because the the you know you have all these other competitors out there squarespace and stuff that are already you know providing the the service of being able to sell stuff on your website and being able to roll something like that into .com demo, you know, makes perfect sense to me at least. Yeah, but they're not going to be doing that for a long time. Um, it's not so – You can't do it unless you own it. So now you own it, you can at least work your way towards that. You can, but I mean I, mean, I interviewed Matt a, uh, a month or so ago, and he told me it wasn't even on their roadmap um, to make it integrated with WordPress.com, like for any WordPress.com user to use. Um, but it, it will be – probably part of what they allow with the vip go thing so for like enterprise customers and stuff um yeah. I would yeah, think that that's because that's... it's gonna piss off a bunch of people like us that are building sites that are e-commerce based or whatever probably. and now that think... they're a direct competitor of us yet again uh i think it's because e-commerce is really hard and wordpress.com doesn't want to put something on wordpress.com that can't scale like you might need to scale when you're on WordPress.com, and that, that's a that's a pretty open statement too, Jason. When you start thinking about audiences too, right? Like, so they they would have a specific market, and those are going to be folks that are going to be .com people. They're going to be you know part of that. I don't necessarily think that translates up and down the scale of audiences that may need e-commerce, right? Right. How do you feel if you're Jiggo Shop? So, um, not to not to grinch it up a little bit, but so if you're not familiar with the history, WooCommerce. It was a fork of Jigoshop was essentially what WooCommerce was doing now. Jigoshop's the same thing. It's a free base. You know, it was released under GPL. They sell premium extensions. Uh, WooThemes forked it, rebranded it WooCommerce, and launched it, which is completely legal per the GPL. 
Um, but as a as Jiggle Shop, you know, I, that's my immediate thought was, oh man, it's like my, that my... that guy that dropped out of the Beatles like before they became famous, you know, and he, everyone's like, yeah, that guy really made a bad decision. But mine's uh, J- my, I just think of Jay Z, Jiggle what? <laughs> Jiggle who? Jiggle Shop. This stuff writes itself, Dre. This is classic marketing. Well, look, look hey, can Guy Kawasaki about... leave a little early? Right, it, it, that stuff happens. <laughs> How does that team uh... feel? Like completely legal, but basically, you know, the fork went off to make tons of money. It happens, and that's uh, that's that's the world that we we live in, right? I mean, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all even know who owns Jigga Shop? And oh, no, wow! <laughs> the uncomfortable silence. Please is pause over. while we all hit Google real quick. So it was owned by Jigawatt and Mike and Jay, who created what Jigga Shop was and was forked, were freelancers for Jigawatt, and. Woo Themes hired them when they forked it. So it was their problem and their fault for not having full-time employees build an e-commerce software that they were going to make some big part of their business. Um, they were a consulting business trying to make their own product, and they didn't really shore it up like they should have. And then not uh, after that, they actually sold it. So Shop is not owned by Gigawatt anymore. It's owned by a company called Proxar IT which is some enterprise mumbo-jumbo company. So I have no sympathy at all, honestly. Because okay. Mike and Jay got cool their payday, game. and they're the ones that deserve it because they built that plug-in. Makes sense. I mean, yeah, and, and to be honest, I'd actually forgotten that part of the story. So um, thanks for thanks for bringing that around because that does make a lot of sense. So I feel less less awful for them. <laughs> Still a little bit, but, you know. Pretty interesting. It'll be fun to kind of watch where WooCommerce and WooThemes goes from here. Um, it's still we're starting to see a little bit of the integration pop up. You mentioned the stores on WooCommerce now. Um, I think you're right with the VIP Go stuff. There's some potential there for VIP partners and potentially the the start of rolling out to .com. Even though Matt says that's not in the roadmap, at the end of the day, that is a that could be a, a massive money maker for WordPress.com, bigger than anything they have today. You know, and to your point, hey, things things were done. Uh, the, the the platform was. It sounds like it was sold. It was being ran by someone else. So, I mean, any of the legal implications of stuff were, were were not there. I mean, everything was done on the up and up, as far as I understand it. And it is what it is. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see that that run into legal issues when when um when stuff isn't handled correctly, like we've seen here recently with um, some of the trademark infringement stuff. I think you wrote around, uh, about it here, Jeff, recently around the WordPress, uh, WordPress Foundation and Jeff Yablon uh, and what's going on over there with the WordPress helpers. What, uh, where does this go next in terms of the, the legal usage of, of, the, of the trademark? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I think, uh, I think what Jeff Yablon was doing, I mean, the reason why this made this was a big story this year in 2015 is because it was the first sort of big public sort of uh, lawsuit that the WordPress Foundation was involved in against a specific individual. And this uh, Jeff Yablon, he owned a domain called The WordPress Helpers with the actual WordPress in the domain name, which, uh, as we all know here on this roundtable, that there's a longstanding trademark policy with the domain that you cannot use the full word of WordPress in your domain name because that's the whole trademark issue could cause confusion and what have you. So the WP is what's allowed in the domain name. Well, Apparently, this Jeff Yablon character thought he had a loophole or thought he could challenge him based on this, that, or whatever. 
uh, was willing to go toe-to-toe with Automatic, and then, you know, just as everybody predicted, when push came to shove, he settled, and really he's just uh, another character who went up against uh, the Foundation with not the right amount of ammo, and, well, we all know that uh, now I guess he learned the hard way he can't use WordPress in the domain name. He went, uh, he went a very expensive way of learning that lesson, but... um. So we've Wasn't seen he that, a professional but, troll or something like that. Or, I, that I, I I've looked into his background and he came off to me. I even talked to the man on the phone and he seemed genuine, but I just there's so many things he did that just didn't make any sense. So I don't know. I'm I'm very confused at this Yablon guy. Yeah. Was he the owner probably... of uh, WP Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, but he had a superhero that looked like one of them. Well, that guy had a great business model too. That uh, worked out. I, yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I guess I don't understand why he took such a hard stance on it. Like, you know, it was pretty cut and dry, and I could understand making the mistake and not realizing it. But once he was pointing to the facts that you can't have WordPress in your domain, they will come after you. This is no different than Twitter. Twitter has the same policy. If you have Twitter in your .com, they are coming after you. I had a cease and desist letter from Twitter back in the day because I had some random Twitter.com that I registered years ago, you know, when Twitter was first starting, forgot about it. And they, and they sent me a letter and said, you gotta, you can't use that. You know, I think I had like some kind of a splash page up or something. So I was like, you're right. I, and I dropped it, you know, I'm not going to go down that road with Twitter. And it's, I'm just surprised you took such a hard stance and a very vocal stance at that. And it, over... other things I'd rather spend my money on. Oh uh, yes. And beer. Not lawsuits with WordPress. <laughs> yeah, didn't make sense. You know, and in that realm, later on, you know, back in July, uh, five years later, you know, we thought this Chris Pearson GPL thesis debacle with Matt Mullenweg, which erupted into one of the most volcanic episodes of anger in the WordPress community that I can remember in in the project's history, it was about you know that was about what five years ago in 2010. Um, then this story came out about Matt Mullaweg at some point ended up with thesis.com, which redirects to themeshaper.com and automatic own website. And boy, just the, the the steam that came out of the kettle after that was found out. And next thing you know, we have more trademark disputes and domain resolutions going on between Mullaweg and Pearson. And it's like, it's like all hell breaks loose all over again, part two. So there was a lot of back and forth that went in between Pearson and Mullawake with certain trademarks that uh, Pearson was trying to, well, not trademarks, but patents on certain technologies and how themes were developed with uh, WordPress or just in general, the way he was describing it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was another big story. And apparently uh, the last time I checked was earlier today versus the uh, the United States Postal Trademark Service. There still really hasn't been any new developments between the Pearson and Mullawake battle in terms of getting trademarks canceled related to thesis. But, uh, man, that was another big story of this year. What do you guys think? Okay, well, let's say, <laughs> pretend that Automatic had already IPO'd. Do you think that Mullenweg could have gotten away with spending that much for thesis.com? Yeah, that'd be Mullenberg. Which okay. was $100,000. At that point, yeah. <laughs> Think, yeah, being accountable to a public and shareholders. Wait, he's his pockets are a lot fuller than mine. I'm assuming that if he really wanted to do it, he'd give two shits about using a public company's uh, bank account. He'd uh, he'd reach in his nightstand and hook a brother up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
throughout this whole ordeal, throughout this whole ordeal, the one thing that I always come back to, the main point is, I don't care how you come across it. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what verticals you're thinking of. Being associated or having anything to do with that thesis.com domain, if you're in Matt Mullawake's shoes, compared to, you know, if you take a look back at what happened in 2010, there's no good that can come out of it. And I, if I were him, I would have stayed a million miles away, but he chose not to do that. And this was the end result that anybody could have told him this is what was going to happen. Hey, I, I'm going to say what everybody else is thinking. It was a damn dick move, dude. Like, why, <laughs> it why, was, why, it was why did you do yes. it? That was, I mean, look, I, I, I get it, and it's yeah. done. But it's a total dick move, dude. Like, we're not in high school anymore. Like, get over that shit. It's over with. Push on. What is the actual value of that? I mean, what is the, you know, there was no more value than, than a bit of retribution. I mean, that's really what it was. It would have made more sense to have some kind of a WordPress.com vertical where you could work on your thesis and some kind of like those, those business sites that they're doing and then direct it to it. It'd be a little bit of a, 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 you know, a very subtle backhand jab. But this was just a straight out, like you said, Dre, it's just a blatant like middle finger, you know, like F you. I'm buying thesis.com. I'm pointing it over to Theme Shaper. And uh, and then dropping hints until someone finally picked it up. It was odd. I think everyone thought it was odd. The, that, <laughs> that, that, that ship had sailed years ago. And everyone was like, wait a minute. We're talking about thesis again? It definitely was. Um, but that story, that story was three-sided, you know? Like, obviously, their relationship will always be personal. Uh, yeah. and, and you're just not going to get past that. But the patent stuff really did have a lot of potential implications or still does sort of. Um, and some of the stuff that Pearson has done, it's just very non WordPressy. the way he looks at the value of his theme software and the way that that relies or doesn't rely on WordPress. And, uh, those patent applications were pretty ridiculous. Uh, I mean, they were so generic and, you know, as much as he told me and Jeff and everybody else he talked to that he really wasn't just trying to be a patent troll. He was trying to protect thesis because he he felt like he, his business was, um, uh, you know, potentially to could be damaged from Matt Mullenweg having a personal grudge, which obviously was true. Uh, that's part of his motivation for doing what he did. But, I mean, it, it doesn't make a patent application like that any good for the WordPress world. It's, it's just not, those types oh, of patent applications are ridiculous. Hey, I, I, I think he's an ass. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there, <laughs> but that does not justify what Matt did. That, that was kind of, that was well, just, it, if you look on the flip side of what Brian just said, Matt looks, looked at those patents and the things that have been going, that Pearson's been doing with the WordPress stuff and his thoughts on GPL and all that other open source goodness. And Matt was, Matt views everything he's doing as protecting the WordPress project from, you know, because his, his thing is that if any of those patents were to actually be approved, Matt, you know, really believes that it could seriously affect the WordPress ecosystem and how themes are developed. Maybe it could even scale beyond WordPress. So he saw what he was doing as a way to protect the community, open source WordPress in general. Not buying thesis.com, though. Yeah, come on. Well, yeah, that well. Yeah, they yeah, got to treat different stories. That, those are two yeah. different things. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with Brian. Right. We're going to move on to this year's. Uh, <laughs> well, reviewing this year's predictions, right? Twenty fifteen, what we know was a big year, and there was a couple of predictions that were put out early early on, um, and I think some cool stuff came out of out of the year. Uh, Twenty fifteen, the year of WordPress admin themes. Boy, 
What Who happened? Predicted Eric? that. Jeez. Oh, you just JavaScript the whole thing. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> One admin theme. This was a nice article by uh, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Chandler on WP. Which uh, linked to an article by Noel Talk. <laughs> which linked to Noel which, article, which I also have queued up. <laughs> I, I love these predictions, but I couldn't find that many for 2015. But Noel did a really amazing post that was that was pretty fun to read. Um, and by and large, some of his predictions were were right on. Some weren't. I mean, I think in, in terms of the WordPress admin thing, no, 2015 was not the year for that. However, I think 2016 is looking to be the year for that with the inclusion of the REST API. Um, ha- kind of halfway in core, it will be fully in core by 4.5, which should be out. Um, in a few months, I think there's no reason 2016 wouldn't be the year of the WordPress admin theme. It, it is that untapped vertical we talked about. Um, that there is something there now. Whether that's people are going to buy admin themes, people are going to buy admin tools, maybe it's services, SaaS-based stuff. I don't think that's totally defined yet, but there is opportunities for sure, and I think we're going to see an explosion in that area. Yeah, especially with the REST API coming. Um... And the decoupling of the the back end to the front end. I mean, I think uh, it's still spot on. It just took a year. <laughs> it just took an extra year. So uh, it's it's definitely a, a huge move. I'm standing by the early episode in January. I talked about it, uh, Brad. We talked about it on a couple episodes here recently, where I, this guy right here, Dre Armada, talked about the decoupling uh, of WordPress. Really looking at um, uh, WordPress o- almost like Linux kernel. It's it's kind of that foundation. And we start to really see people um, personalize or create their own custom WordPress based on their needs. What does that look like? Well, I mean, geez, look at look at Linux in and of itself and how many different um, different uh, versions you have and, and how they come coupled with the things that make sense for, for, your, uh, for your need. Actually, have... like a... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. It's I was cool. going to say I had it queued up with a clip of you saying that. So. Yeah. Actually, sorry, that was that was Dre talking about Chris Pearson. That was our listeners' eardrums getting blown up. Get these clips mixed up. I can't. I can't for the life of me. We, we are. Um, Hi there. I'm Dre Armada. Jeez, we are taking that damn sound soundboard away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Too much eggnog for this guy. Oh boy. Uh, you know, you know, speaking of if if 2016 is going to be the admin themes in this prediction post, Noel says something that I think it's worth repeating and listeners should learn and Kerry could even comment on this as as a trainer, but he says, "Don't create a custom dashboard because you want to change the way it looks. Change it because you significantly want to improve the experience of your users." And maybe Kerry can weigh in on that a little bit from a trainer's perspective. I have nothing intelligent to add to that. <laughs> no, I think you're right, though. And that, that really goes not just to an admin user interface, but thinking about anything that you do for the web. Like if it's if it's not built to make a better experience for the person that's using it, then uh, you're wasting your time. And if I can just point out that Jeff actually said called Noel Noel, as in the first Noel talk. Oh, it's a holiday show. <laughs> it is the holidays. It's obviously got the holidays on your mind. <laughs> Noel. Uh, let's see some other predictions in here. Uh, we talked about, you know, Noel mentions custom dashboards, custom admin themes like we discussed. Um, some of the areas, front-end editing. Uh, front-end editing, a big, uh, a big prediction by him that 2015 would be the year of front-end editing. Have you guys seen this? Or did that happen? Uh, so our... One of our plugins, we forked from uh, the feature plugin front end editor was the name of it. 
Uh, and recently that was pulled from feature plugin. Uh, so we found that kind of interesting and we can only assume that, uh, you know, that there's going to be something more native app, right. Coming potentially, um, or they've just sort of put it on the back burner for now. Um, it's something that, you know, as an agency and, and Brad and, and ev- actually everybody on this panel, except for Jeff, uh, should, you know, know that, you know, front end editing or just editing visually in general, uh, for clients, especially folks who don't want to deal with an admin is so freaking useful for them to just click on something and edit it and not have to worry about the admin as we know it now. And, and perhaps, um, they've got something else in the works that we don't know about until the next WordCamp. Uh, this would be a great time for you to pimp conductor plugin. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> if you're not pimping not your my, own stuff, why are you even here? It's not my. This is you not know, my... in fact, in fact, where, uh, where can people go find that, Matt? Like, where's, uh, where's... Uh, that's conductorplugin.com. Conductorplugin.com, your page builder for people who hate page builders. <laughs> right, we're gonna send nice. you the invoice for that plug. Oh yeah. yeah. I, th- I think 2015 was a flop year for front end editing. I mean it. There were a couple of plugins and widgets that were created, maybe some themes, but uh, there was, as Matt mentioned, front end editor was a feature plugin, which there were some people working on it, and the thought was maybe we can get front end editing in the core, but obviously that hasn't happened. Uh, it kind of looks like the plugin's dead. And one of the things that Noel said is that by the end of by the end of 2015, WordPress.com would have a front end editor, and that hasn't happened. Uh, they don't have anything to do with front-end editing. So um, outside, one of the best, coolest front-end editors I discovered this year was it was Lasso by Nick Haskins of Story.am, which he had to rebrand to Edit Us or Edit Us. And it was a really cool front-end editor that kind of looked like Medium, and uh, he ended up selling off the company and got acquired. Now the direction of what's going to happen to that front-end editor is in limbo, we don't know the direction that's going to take, but I can't wait for the day where we could do so much of the back-end stuff, whether it's editing content on the front end or editing a widget on the front end of WordPress rather than having to go through the dashboard to do all these different things. I, I can't wait for that merged experience between the front end and back end. Yeah, there's a lot of options out there, and I don't think anyone's really cracked that nut. There's like – it's like there's no clear leader. There's like a, a bunch of them, and, and you know – Matt with the conductor and there's there's a number of them out there and I don't feel like one kind of rises above the rest in the same way that you look at something like gravity forms like when gravity forms came on the scene um, that quickly became the clear winner now there is some other very good competition now but it was the dominant contact form plugin for years and it by far and large probably still is the dominant one Um, I, I think this is still an area that you know is still somewhat open until there's a clear winner that is like, no, this is the one you should use. Um, I think we're going to keep seeing a lot more in this space because I agree. I, users want this. Users are actively looking for this. Our clients are always talking to us about this on projects as well. Um, I'm sure all of you with clients the same. So I think this is a very active topic, and I expect it to just keep getting bigger. Yeah. It's just I, a, diff- it's a difficult Calypso, space. Though. Sorry, Matt. Let no, Jason talk, man. Come yeah, on. sorry. No, how does this live in a world of Calypso, though? That's what, I, that's what I'm curious about. It does. Because you just, it's almost like, you know, I work in IT during my day job and, you know, I tell people, you know, we're, we're a Gmail shop and I tell people, hey, you should use Gmail. Just go on gmail.com, use Gmail. No, I want to use Outlook. Oh, no, I want to use my, my phone. Oh, I want to use my this. 
and it's like it's it's weird. It's a, it's the same type of thing because you have a web app, which is you know WordPress itself, and then you have these applications that live in front of it, including something like Gmail, which they have their own Gmail apps, both for the computer or rather for the phone, and then people have made third parties for the computer. So I'm just curious, like, how does this live within the you know within the Calypso experience, and you know what do you do to get people to use one or the other, and how do you spend all those resources building one or the other? Which one should be the focus? It's a great question. Nobody knows how to answer that yet. I certainly don't. I, I just think I don't think it exists in this in this world. Um, it's a it's a super difficult space. And look, I am not by any means a market uh, shareholder uh, in any of the visual uh, page builders. Uh, in fact, we try to market ourselves as not page builder. But uh, the I don't I don't think it can. Right? I don't think it can. And it's very scary uh, to to <laughs> to for a business like mine. Uh, to see the stuff come down the pipe, right? Without knowing uh, suddenly that uh, Calypso was on the horizon for the last year and a half, two years behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden, here it is, we're going native app. And you're like, oh man, well, how about all that uh, front end editing stuff we've been investing in, right? Exactly. Uh, man, uh, man, Matt, in, uh, in typical New England flash fashion, you have left me deflated. <laughs> I, I will. One more thing on front end editing is that if it comes, if it ends up in WordPress core, I think, and I've already seen rumblings of this, and there's sort of some enhancements that have gone into this to sort of open up the possibility. It's, it's going to be through the customizer. Or will it, right? Because the customizer is a very JavaScript heavy uh, single page app, uh, as Weston pointed out. And you have this massive, again, this, this huge Calypso project. And you know, I'm 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 sitting here thinking like, boy, what are they supposed to do? Like, what is that team going to do now? Right? What happens when self-hosted Calypso or a self-hosted app it now exists for WordPress.org? What, what, what about all this work uh, that's gone into the customizer? All roads lead to Calypso. <laughs> that means shut up. Um, uh, I so... totally want those for my show. <laughs> Oh, I'll be happy. To so much job, so much work done. If I did, there's oh. there's a, a couple more I want to get through quickly because I think they're interesting languages. I, I have a lot of astute points to make on that, but since you blew the horn, I'm gonna I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> right. We got pl- plenty of show left. Languages. So uh, Noel also mentions that a larger spotlight will be cast on the Polyglots team, localization, translations, internationalization, whatever you know, whatever you want to, however you want to describe it. Um, have we seen that, and will we see more of that going into 2016? Absolutely. And I'm excited to see it. I think there's been more uh, focus on it in this past year. And just even from uh, working on personal projects and getting uh, folks from the community to uh, participate in translations is is cool. Because I think WordPress has been uh, very English-centric to date. And to mm-hmm. uh, make code accessible by way of uh, making it translation ready is uh that can only be a good thing and it's not like it's hard to do and matt mentioned in the state of the world that 2015 um earlier in the year is the internationalized versions of wordpress were downloaded more than the english version so it finally passed english downloads so that right there is very indicative of yes wordpress is used all over the world not just in english-speaking countries very cool to see some some growth there and the, I think it was, I'm just trying to pull up the URL right now, but I believe that, two seconds here, that translations sort of got like silently rolled out for plugins and themes Yeah. Um, yep. on .org and like it just appeared one day. <laughs> uh, and, and you can now see the translations 
or the translation versions for a particular theme or plugin that you're that you're browsing uh, on WordPress.org, which is which is awesome. Um, just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, Matt mentioned it at State of the Word, but if it was mentioned previously, I totally missed it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I, I never saw it, and, and I, maybe I just sit there and hit refresh every morning to see like my download counts on my plugins, and then all of a sudden I was like, "What is this translation link?" And uh, that was kind of cool. Next one, decentralizing a community. So, and remember, this was a prediction for beginning of 2015. There was an aura, a bit of uncertainty around, you know, community events that were not WordCamps or local meetups. So and we saw a number of these. WooConf, Pressnomics has been around for a number of years. Prestige, uh, Woo, WooConf. I think it's WooConf. Is that what they call it? WooConf? Um, yeah. The Woo Conference. Com, com, conference. Uh, there's been a few others, but... Have we lost that stigma? Are we are we able to have un you know unofficial word camps or whatever you want to name them more focused events um, and be just as successful or just as popular as a word camp? I think that not only is the stigma gone, I think a lot of people are clamoring for more of these type of unique events to happen. Yeah, and they're very different, right? Like they're just, I mean, the focus alone makes them very different than, than a WordCamp. Um, there's always going to be a certain level of stigma from certain groups, I think. Uh, the, 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 the purists around WordCamps and its history there, their association with, with the WordPress Foundation um, and the governance model that, that surrounds that. Um, but are you kidding me? I think uh, Jeff's dead on. Uh, there's certainly a clamor for it. People are wanting more. They want that more focused attention to specific uh, areas uh, associated with WordPress and their business and uh, or the things that they do, design, development, what have you. Uh, certainly, certainly in a different place than we were, I say, uh, three to five years ago. Yeah. And you get the higher ed word campus. I don't know if you mentioned that. Um, and, th and that's, but think about how, uh, how widely adopted WordPress is in that space. Uh, look how long it finally took yeah. to get uh, an event like that. So I think people, sure, they're clamoring for it, but I think they, they still look, just look at, as word, look to, at WordPress as just another tool in their tool belt. And until that organic growth of a community comes, we're not going to see the bigger stuff happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I love these more kind of niche events or focused events. And honestly, like if I compare my, my attendance at a WordCamp versus my attendance at something like a prestige, like I'm sitting in most of the presentations, if not all at a, at a more focused event, because it's, it's focused on what I'm interested in. And if it's not, I wouldn't go to the event. Whereas a WordCamp, I'm focused on maybe 10% of the content. Um, and that's not to, that's not a bad thing, but it's a WordCamp is kind of trying to bring content that you know gives everybody a little something that they're interested in, and that's going to be a small percent for me. But these more focused yeah. ones are are amazing. You know, I can go to something like Prestige or Pressnomics and really get into the business side, the commercial side of WordPress, and I'm sitting in almost all the presentations. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was ninety percent hallway track at WordCamp uh, US. Ninety nine point eight percent myself. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the last one here, which I think is the most interesting, personally, is centralizing professionals. Um, and this is essentially saying there has not really been to date a, a solid kind of directory of professionals in our space. And this isn't just an open directory where everybody can just submit whatever they want. I think the idea is a more curated, uh, maybe a more um, uh, moderated uh, directory so that people in the directory actually know kind of what they're talking about and have the reputation of a portfolio 
to stick behind them, whether it's individual freelancers, whether it's smaller shops, whether it's larger agencies, whatever it may be, but having something a little bit more than just, you know, you have the VIP partners page, which is an extremely select group. Um, there's the WP talents, which is still up there. Not totally sure if it's still supported or, or being updated, but it's still live. Where are we at? Centralized. Yeah, this is what I think that I don't want any more fucking spam. That's, that's what I think. Right. And that's another LinkedIn. Geez, I've seen this across other communities, other, other, you know, uh, I was in the physical security space for a while, InfoSec for a while, and there's lists for lists of lists of lists of people and, and service providers and products. Shit, if you're not selling something there, man, it, it, 99% of it's going to be spam. I just, awesome, great, make another list. I, I just don't see that the huge value. It's, it's, it's you never don't think been... if it's a little more curated in, in the sense of if you look at something like VIP Partners page, and obviously that's kind of a, a bit of a buy-in to be there, and as, you know you have to be vetted to a certain extent. But um, I would imagine a lot of the leads are getting a pretty legit, very very small targeted audience, right? Like if if my audience is this small kind of piece of the overall internet, how the hell are you going to stop the overall internet from contacting me, right? Vetted or not, for me as the person on that list, I mean it's going to be more noise and value. I might might see one out of a, a bunch that turns into a, a qualified lead. I just, I think for me, I'd prefer to do it on my own. It's, it's great. Sure. Put me there, but it's, it's just, it's a lot of noise. Who's I agree. Two thumbs down. Cause number one, somebody has got to curate it and maintain it, which who's going to do that unless they're actually getting paid to do it. Secondly, how do you, cars guard. <laughs> how do you actually qualify uh, the people that are on there? Is it a popularity contest? Is it a, uh, you know, we've vetted somewhere we've done your code review and it passed a certain level. Let me throw a few bucks your way and see what happens, right? <laughs> I mean, it is a good yeah. point. You know, um, kind of look at it in the sense of if, if this were like in the style of like an Angie's list or a site like that. And the idea is, you know, the professionals pay to have a listing and then even members pay to get access to those listings. And I think the idea is that should dramatically decrease spam it should decrease the amount of fraudulent people because you're if you're just a bs whatever why would you pay to be listed i don't i kind of agree with you guys i don't think there's ever going to be a good solution here um and even looking at the angelus model i'm like i don't even think that would work in this situation well geez look at the amount of resources and effort it would go into making something like that and then sustaining it it just it just yeah. doesn't make sense i don't know what with wordpress of... you could probably like recreate angie's list tonight <laughs> Well, yeah, WordPress is the best platform for that. Absolutely, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think the thing. I think the thing about Angie's list, though, is that it's used for other stuff. So, like, if you needed somebody to come in and do, you know, electrical work in your house, you go on Angie's list and do it. Then, if you need somebody who is going to install a mirror in your bathroom, you go on Angie's list and do it. No one's going to the web, you know, going and looking for a web developer over and over and over and over again. Maybe they are, but I don't think the vast majority of people are out there looking for that sort of, sort of thing. So you'd have to you know, kind of bake it in with stuff like SEO services and and you know web design stuff. At this point, you're looking at like a 99 designs type of thing for web development or something like that. It just it it gets a little bit out of control, I, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think the closest thing I've, I've ever come to considering something like this, or even like bringing it up in a in a semi-intelligent conversation, is with themes again, themes and plugins on .org. If we could get some somehow, somebody could get a verified badge, right? It's folks who yeah code really well, keep on updates, uh, attend community events, things like that. 
that would be like one step to say like, eh, this group is sort of verified or, or at least, you know, certified in some case, but not every agency. One last point before I push on there. Think about the effort that it's taken to, to curate and check and vet all those plugins and themes. For every plugin exactly. and theme, there's tenfold the amount of, of uh, developers and designers that would be on that list. It'd be freaking chaos. What isn't chaos is if you go and you talk to the world's first WordPress-specific hosting provider, Pagely. Pagely.com paved the way. They've been around now since the beginning days. In fact, uh, they, they keep scaling, man, and they're doing a really damn good job of it. If you're looking for dedicated WordPress hosting, um, they're probably the folks you need to go check out. They do some really cool stuff with two-factor authentic- authentication now. Uh, they're they're actually hosting their own DNS stuff, right? So you can automatically route your users' requests to one of their Pagely uh, cache nodes uh, closest to them. So it makes things a little bit more awesome in terms of faster response times. Rapid deploy VPSs. So if you're looking for a virtual private server, these are the folks you need to go talk to. WordPress managed uh, in an awesome way. Pagely, the most scalable WordPress hosting platform in the world. Go check them out at pagely.com. We're going to do a little bit of a special segment here, and really this is to just cover all of the stuff that happened that sucked in 2015. <laughs> so are you guys uh, you guys game to cover some of this stuff? We're going to call it Ho Ho No. Ho Ho Ho. No. Oh. <laughs> that's our bumper. That was awful. So, uh, yeah, that was terrible. That, that's highly that professional. Was thing in 2015. Oh, oh, oh. No. Got it? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. We covered one of them with uh, with Matt Mullenweg's purchase at thesis.com. I think uh, at least uh, from my perspective, it was kind of a it's kind of a dick move. But hey, it happens. It it happened in 2015, and uh, there was a few more that happened here this year. Any any more notes on the whole thesis.com um, debacle? Now blow blow the buzzer on that. Yeah. Dre doesn't seem to respect the air horn, so I wasn't going to. But it, it hurts my ears, man. It hurts my ears. <laughs> it's a loud air horn. Uh, I'm man. sorry if you're driving during this show. So the the WordPress store. This is cool. Uh, what isn't cool is a WordPress ugly holiday sweatshirt. Have you guys seen this thing? Holy cow! I, it it is would ugly. De- it would certainly win competitions, but it's it's up on the store, um, and it's an ugly sweater. It says "Codus Poetry," and it's it, it almost. Oh man, it's just miserable. Uh, but at least it's GPL. I, I, who, which one of y'all would rock this? I would. Uh, yeah, it, I'm, it, I'm not a fan of sweaters. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more it's of a, a sweatshirt. What? Well, one I'm thing allergic. we need to make that clear: it's not ugly. It's not. This isn't an ugly sweater. It's an ugly sweatshirt. There's a big debate a, about that. Not a fan of sweatshirts either. <laughs> okay. Gosh, you yeah. Do you, do you like air? How about water? Does that work for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of sweating either. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, man. Uh, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's move it on. The next one. So this one, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I are you guys familiar with the song "Baby It's Cold Outside"? So it's, it's a holiday classic. Have you ever really listened to the lyrics of this song? So, yeah. So my question to you: This is my ho ho no question. Does "Baby It's Cold Outside" violate the Word Word Camp Code of Conduct? And if you're not familiar i got a, just a short clip here just to refresh your memory about some of these lyrics so, terrible here terrible. we go neighbors might say baby it's bad out there hey what's in the train i wish i knew your how eyes are like starlight now. to break the spell i'll take your hand <gasps> your hair looks swell. i ought to say no no mind no, if i move 
been At least so I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. Baby, oh, but it's cold outside. Now, uh, does anyone know where I can find a safety officer? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Code of conduct now. These Didn't lyrics. Know, after part, where came after parties had a theme song. If you have ever, like, I never, like, you hear these Christmas songs, like, oh, yeah, I remember. And then you actually pay attention. And you're like, wait a minute. That's a little bit of awkward, like, talking yeah, about what's in the drink. And... Oh, and, you know, it won't let her. There's no cabs. Your drink is spiked. Sorry. Uh, and swell. <laughs> so my awesome. thing is, this is, abs- this is, I mean, it's a ho-ho in terms of, yes, this violates the WordCamp Code of Conduct. Uh, yeah. Jeffro, what do you think? Yes. Gary? Well, I forget which is yes and which is no in this context. (laughs) So ho-ho is yes and no is no. We didn't want to get it too crazy. Well, then ho-ho no means no for me. (laughs) Well, always mean no, absolutely. We we really thought through this segment. Green giant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Matt, what what do you think there? We... uh... I am uh, in full agreement with the Carrie Dills. Jason, you on the you on the same? Board. Yeah, we're, de- we're definitely yeah, getting I mean, safety the, officer. They got the uh, feminist approved version of it. I, I've seen that on a couple sites. <laughs> <laughs> there really is a, like a modified version of it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. All I, right. I no At idea. a whopping eight hundred dollars. Hoverboard, hoverboards meant for a fun and lazy run may lead to a fire-induced free-for-all. So you better run for your lives. Popularized by pop culture appearances, they were quickly banned by airlines and removed off of Amazon and overstock shelves because of their high risk of bursting into flames. These damn hoverboards were burning down houses. So they're now like taken off of a lot of the major um, shops online, and uh, you can't really find them locally unless you find some crazy kiosk at the mall. Um, what could be something cool and getting us back to the future is uh, something that might bring up our insurance rates. Is this a is this something that you guys would personally buy? <laughs> I thought it was die. a good question. Sounds like uh, maybe something I'd want to give my husband. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's cold outside, right? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I was in the mall yesterday, and they had a whole kiosk. Like, dude's driving around in circles like he's the biggest badass on the block. Like, you know you want to buy this. So they're still selling these things like by the handful, truckloads, man. I, I, I wouldn't, but kids will still want them, right? I'm not buying one for my kids. It's not going to happen. Nope. Oh man, they're starting to ban them too. I've seen people in the airports, but I don't even think that's allowed anymore, right? They, nope. They've. Uh, I don't even think you can get it through security anymore. So, and well, th- there you go. I think we'll give that one a big. Oh, oh, oh. oh. no, green giant. <laughs> Oh, this is going down. So many trademark infringements. Uh, All right, the last (laughs) one. The last one. This is segment ever. This is a let it snow or a no no. So websites with snow. I actually wish Brian Krogsgar was here because I know he has a passionate hatred for websites that have snow on them. Jetpack has the feature. WordPress.com has a feature. If you want to turn snow on, so someone visits your website and there's little snowflakes falling down, it looks like a happy winter wonderland. What do you think, guys? Are we we letting it snow or is that a no no? I think if you want to turn the snow on, that you shouldn't. No. (laughs) That's the tackiest thing ever. It's like going back to MySpace JavaScript tricks or something. 
Right. It's, yep. au- it's autoplay sound when you get to the homepage. Oh, it burns oh. my eyes. Just don't go to Matt. Like ma.tt, Matt's website's running it. It makes me sad. Not to mention it's terrible from a web accessibility viewpoint. Matt should know better. What about Tavern? Do you put it on the WP Tavern, Jeff? No, because back in 2013, when I explained how you could turn it on when they added it to Jetpack, I got a link from somebody that explained that the snow actually caused someone to have a seizure. Oh, and, shit. And um, ever since that article, uh, I've learned that, you know, the snow is like an autoplay, like an autoplay video or whatever else. They're, they're not expecting to see these white specks come down the screen. So, you know, it could cause panic attacks, other conditions. I mean, these are things that – and I know – Matt and some of the other people would like to see some medical research based on these facts, but uh, apparently this person I linked an article to um, said this is what happened, and their friends verified it. So after that, I said, no, no, no snow for me, and now I, I think twice now that uh, I visit any site that has that snow. I just think back to that article and go, man, it's, if, if that actually happens to some people, that really sucks. All right, so wait a, you know, that's uh, thank you for taking it down a notch, Jeffro. We love you. You're welcome. That's you know, I got to be honest. I never would have thought about something like that, but there might be there might be some validity to it. I'm against though. I think it's yeah. To Carrie's point, it's just too cheesy and tacky. Now, you want to talk about bats flying around at Halloween? I could get behind some bats, but the snow <laughs> the snow's been overdone. And to be honest, if you're gonna do the snow, it better damn well pile up at the bottom of my browser. Because if it doesn't pile up, then you're just you're just half-assing it. I want to see little snow piles at the bottom of my browser. Old game, literally. Oh man! Wow. So <laughs> sorry. I mean, a little bit of that. Maybe it'd be different if you if they. You know, somebody came out with a plugin where you can have yellow snow on your site. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we, just and, uh, we need to get this wrapped up right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that, we just pissed away the Christmas edition of the Dradcast. Folks, it's been awesome, and uh, I really appreciate you guys joining us. It's always be- it's always great when we can have folks smarter than us on the show, and we've accomplished that like sixfold today. I'd love to hear where everybody can get a hold of you guys. Mr. Matt, what's the best place for folks to get a hold of you? You find me at mattreport.com. Oh, yeah. Carrie, thanks a bunch for coming on board. Where can folks find you? My pleasure. You can find me on Twitter at cdills or over at carriedills.com. Love it. Love it. Jeff, thanks for coming on board, brother. Happy birthday again. Where can folks find you? You can find me at wptavern.com, and I will not get out of here unless you give me an opportunity to plug my favorite site this year. There are WordPress websites created every year, and I want to give special props to this one, and it's HeroPress, HeroPress.com. It's my absolute favorite site that was created this year by uh, Topher DeRosia, and it's just it's just a pile of inspiration. It, it's a great website, and I encourage everybody to go there and read everybody's uh, insightful articles. That's I it. would I would recommend the same. Go check it out at HeroPress.com. Thanks, Jeff, for, uh, for that mention. That's awesome. Jason, you know what? This is your first appearance. Definitely not your last. We want to see you back on the show here for a regular installment of DragCast with your two favorite knuckleheads. Where can folks find you? Over at uh, WPWaterCooler.com and my blog, JasonTucker.us. Fresh out of water, but you should go check out Jason anytime uh, you get a chance. Folks, it's been a great time. Brad, thanks for an awesome time, brother. Oh, man. We made it. I need to go pound some eggnog now i think i've been drinking it through my nostrils the entire <laughs> show you can find brad at williams ba on twitter myself at dre Meta. for the rad and drad thanks for joining us on this special christmas edition with uh, some pretty damn cool people 
Happy holidays, folks. Deuces. Happy holidays. Oh. Green giant. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit DraftCast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at DraftCast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of the DraftCast. Oh, oh, oh.